I speak to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Mother to us all. Amen. This is not their first mountaintop experience. No, they have been to the mountain before and not that long ago. The last time, many of his disciples followed Jesus to the mountain to pray, and then he chose 12 of them to be his apostles, the ones he trusted to send out to do his work. After that, they heard his rousing sermon on the plain, hard but exciting. They watched him raise the dead and heal the sick, exercise demons, forgive sinners, and feed the multitude from a few loaves of bread and two fish. They'd seen him calm storms. He had given them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases, and they had gone forth to share the good news and to heal. All of that, that plus the stories of his birth that they'd heard, the stories of the shepherds who swore an angel appeared to them, promising that Jesus was the Messiah, that and the declarations by John the Baptist all had led them to believe that Jesus was the one. And when Jesus asked them, just eight days ago, who people thought he was, and then pointedly who they thought he was, well, they all agreed with Peter, who spoke up saying, you are the Messiah of God. So this is not their first mountaintop experience. They've had so many awe-inspiring moments with Jesus. They've seen him do, they themselves have done what they never thought possible. But then things changed. After the high of admitting that they really do think he is the Messiah, Jesus ruined it. He ruined everything by telling them, the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, must be rejected, be killed, and on the third day be raised, whatever that means. And then... If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Those who want to save their lives will lose them. Those who lose their life for my sake will save it. And now they're on the mountain again. Though this time there are just three of them. Peter, James, and John. And Jesus is praying again, but... This doesn't feel like a mountaintop experience. For the last eight days, they've been wondering if they'd gotten it all wrong. After what he'd said, how could Jesus be the Messiah? Messiahs don't lose, do they? Messiahs don't die, do they? They're questioning everything. For who wants to be on a path that requires them to deny themselves, to take up their cross every day, whatever that means, to lose their life? But these three follow him up the mountain because, well, they're still here and he asked them to. 
And yet when they get there, it seems that they are weighed down, weighed down by shock and grief and exhaustion. Overwhelmed by the news they've been given, grieving the loss of their purpose, of their dreams, depressed at the turn of events, we are told that on the mountaintop, Peter, James, and John are overcome. They're weighed down by sleep. In the face of losing their dream, questioning all they've given up to follow this one, they slip into slumber, unable to face reality. Just as they will not be able to stay awake as Jesus prays in the garden the night of his betrayal and arrest, just as they are overcome by sleep in the face of the oncoming grief then, so they cannot stay awake now. And oh, how human that is. For who among us, when life is overwhelming, when grief pervades our lives, when it becomes clear that things are not going to turn out the way that we thought, who among us doesn't wish to run away, to pull the covers over our head, to just ignore what's happening? Who can blame Peter, James, and John for being weighed down by sleep? Then, suddenly, they are startled out of that sleep by the glory of God, the transfiguration, Jesus still recognizable but different, face glowing, clothes dazzling white. Moses and Elijah are there in their glory, speaking of Jesus' departure, his exodus, his crucifixion and ascension, which he's about to accomplish in Jerusalem. And then a cloud overshadows them, and they're terrified, the voice of God, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. This is a mountaintop experience, but it's not the kind they expected. It's not ecstatic or joyful. Rather, on this mountain, the subject is death. Jesus is transfigured to reveal his glory as he turns his face to Jerusalem and to the cross. Now the disciples know the truth. Jesus is the Messiah. They are to listen, to follow him, follow him all the way to the cross. And they are reduced to silence. Just as Jesus had to be baptized the heavens parting and the announcement of who he is before he could begin his ministry. So he had to be transfigured, so God had to speak again, so he, they, we, we needed another epiphany before walking towards the cross. For that epiphany, the revelation and the transfiguration means all he has said is true that everything is about to change and that we must follow him, not to glory in victory, but to the shame of the cross. Not to joy, but sorrow. And they do. 
strengthened by the vision that Jesus is who he says he is, by the glimpse of Jesus in glory, they have the courage to listen to him, to follow him back down the mountain into Jerusalem, somehow trusting that he will lead them to a new transfigured life where they don't have to be afraid, even though they will have to face sorrow and death. It's not the mountaintop experience they wanted, but it is a revelation. Now they know Jesus is who he says he is, but that is very different from what they wanted or expected. On this last Sunday before Lent, the last Sunday after the Epiphany, as we prepare to enter the season when we trace the final steps of our Lord as he walks the way of the cross, as we face all that we fear most, sin and sorrow, loss and death, we do so with the assurance that we follow the one who isn't as we would make him, but who is the Messiah, the one who raises us to reality when we'd rather escape into the sleep of oblivion, the one who goes before us, suffering for us, the one who will raise us up, who does not remove our suffering but joins us in it, strengthening, strengthening us to take up our cross each day so that we might face it without fear and then one day be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.